all you dads, I know that uh, fathers are a lot different than moms, wouldn't you say? And sometimes moms do things and dads do things a different way. Uh, I I love that video, things dads would never say. You ever find yourself saying some things like that, dads? Maybe not so much. Would you agree that mom and dads are different? Would you agree that just men and women are different? Yes, we would. And it's interesting because we even see the difference when they're kids between boys and girls who eventually grew up to be moms and dads. I love my kids. I have three boys and one girl. I'm a proud dad. And I realized early on that the activities that I participate in with my boys are drastically different than the activities that I participate in uh, with my little girl. Uh, My boys always want to wrestle. Typically, they want to fight. They want to throw a ball. They want to shoot hoops. Um, And my little girl, Mia, she's 12. She loves to do some of that stuff. Uh, But mainly, she wants to dance. She wants to snuggle. She wants to twirl. Uh, She wants to go on dates with me. And neither of those things are wrong. They're just just different. Um, I've never heard one of my boys ask, Daddy, can we go on a date? You know, I've never asked that. Um, They ask me to go fishing. They ask me to go see the new Avengers movie. They ask me if they can eat their spaghetti with their hands, you know, these types of things. Um, But never a date. Boys are different than girls. Uh, One time we were all wrestling in the living room, and I love this example. And because I have three boys, when when we all wrestle together, it's like a big dog pile. And I was, this particular time, I'm at the bottom of the dog pile on the living room floor, and all I see is hands and feet and hair and carpet. I just like a mixture of it all. And I didn't know what was happening happening. Uh, I think somebody was trying to give me a wedgie. I still don't know who it was, but it was happening. And um, in the middle of all that chaos at the bottom of the dog pile, I start to feel these little lips start kissing my cheek. And I'm like, who is doing that? And then it re- I realized Mia is at the bottom of the dog pile with me, and she is kissing me on the cheek in the middle of war with my boys as they're trying to take me down. Uh, boys are different than girls. Um, and because of that, they grew up to be men that are different than women and husbands that are different than wives and fathers that are maybe a little bit different than mothers. Neither of them wrong, just different. It's one of the ways that God made us. Um, for example, on Mother's Day, we gave out bath bombs. You remember that? Dads, you're not getting a bath bomb today, and that's on purpose. And I think no one uh, has a question about that. So how do we treat dads? What do we do with dads? It's different than moms, right? But I think the instruction that God gives us is the same. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, this is God's command. He says this, honor, say honor. Honor Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long. This is the promise. So that you may live long and it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So when we look at the word honor there, it's interesting. In the original text in the Hebrew, uh, it actually means this, to increase in value, to treasure them. And so he's saying, make sure you treasure your parents. And the way you treasure your dad may look slightly different than the way you treasure your mom, but the goal is always the same, and that's honor. Honor them. So I want to talk to you about several ways that you can treasure your dad today. Are you ready? It's like one person said yes. The rest of you, just like, where's that knife? I just want to get out of here. Um, (laughs) Now, when we talk about these kinds of things, I want you to know that these things, your dad is not the only one that can feel treasured by these things, but your dad will feel treasured by these things in a way that's unique to him. 
And so as we talk about these things, you, you just need to know that your dad is going to take on this unique sense of pride, this unique sense of feeling valued and treasured when you do these things. And we're going to talk about five ways. The first one is just kind of fun right off the bat. Uh, the first one is this, obey him. Doesn't that sound crazy? It's not a, a, a relatively new concept. Obey him while you're in his home. Obey him. Now, I understand that you may not live in his home anymore, but there's a whole generation coming up that does. So make sure that they know to obey him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. When there is a spirit of obedience in the house, dads feel treasured. And if we look at this, this, this Greek word for obey here, we do a study on it. We come up with this really long word. Uh, it kind of sounds like a kuna matata, but I'm not going to try to say what it is. And you know what it means? Basically, it means do what he says. <laughs> who, would, who would figure? Do it. Do it willingly. Do it pleasantly. Do it immediately. And in the words of our great friends at a great shoe company, just do it. Just do it. Obey. Dads are wired to operate in order. Moms, you need to know it. Some moms are too, but dads are wired in a different kind of way. When they operate in order, when there's order in the home, he sees it as health in the home. He sees it as a home that he's proud of. They feel responsible over that. Whether they express it or not, it's, it's in there, and they want to know things are in order, and they want to know the people that are in their home are provided for. And when there's order, dads feel like they're doing a good job. And part of that order is kids that obey. Some teens have problems with that. Uh, some kids have problems with that. I heard a story recently about uh, a dad who was a little bit frustrated at his child that wasn't obeying, and so he kind of compromised, I guess, with his son, and he he just said, listen, if you obey me for a month, I'll buy you a new bike. And I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but I'm just saying that's what he did, and maybe his son needed some incentive. So the son agreed. Little fella, he goes off to his room and says, I'll, I'll do it. And he starts thinking a month is a really long time, <laughs> you know. And so he says, God, maybe, maybe you could help me out for two weeks. You know, help me to be a good little boy for, for two weeks. And he thought about it a little bit longer as he went to go play. And he thought, gosh, I don't know, maybe one week. God, if you can just help me for one week, I'd be good. And he kind of followed that path all the way down to eventually he said, God, if you'll help me for one day, behave. I mean, I promise. And then he got to thinking about it more, and he's sitting in the living room. He's really struggling and he sees a statue of the Virgin Mary sitting on the mantle, uh, and he grabs it really quick. He rolls it in newspaper, duct tapes it, throws it in the back of the closet, shuts the door, and said, God, do you ever want to see your mother again? <laughs> Dads feel honored when they're obeyed. It's not simply about getting things done for dads. They, they actually feel respected when, when there's obedience in the house. So if you want to treasure your dad, obey him. Secondly, do this. Love him. Now, that might sound real simple. Well, I already love my dad. Of course, you love your dad. But love isn't about feelings. We know that. Love is about actions. And the problem is, is as we age, we tend to relate differently to our dad. Just a, a quick example. Whenever you're a little kid, your dad's invincible. Your dad can do anything. Your dad can beat anybody up, including the Incredible Hulk, right? He, he can do all that stuff. He's richer than anybody else's dad. Your dad's invincible. Uh, and then we get to be about 13, and aliens come and abduct us, and they put somebody that looks like us in the place, and we start saying things to our dads like, hey, old man, drop me off a block from school. I don't want anyone to see what a dork you are. And we do weird things like that. And then, and then we become adults, and maybe we get busy with our lives, and we don't spend as much time with dad as we used to. 
Uh, you love your dad. You just don't have as much time for him. But there's an interesting scripture that God talks about in Psalm 127. He says this, children are a gift from the Lord. And typically we look at that and we think, well, we're supposed to make sure that we value our kids. Uh, but get this, God intended you to be a gift to your father. What kind of gift are you? Are you an ugly Christmas sweater? <laughs> you know, well, what kind of gift are you? Are you being something that actually resembles a gift to your dad? Be a good gift to him. I'm not saying ignore all his imperfections because I'm sure he has some. Some people are far from perfect, but no one's perfect. But loving somebody is giving them what they need, not what they deserve. Love is this, it's a commitment we make. It's, it's a choice that we make. And so love your dad, not just today, but sh find ways to show him that you love him. Find ways to show him. And you know what? This time in your life, it might mean you have to make a little bit of scheduling changes. For some of you, your dad's not close, so you may have to just find some time to call. Maybe that's, that's it. But do something to show your dad you love him and make it a regular part of your life. And sometimes as you get older, it takes more intentionality. Uh, here's one way you can show him, and that's number three, listen to him. Dads never get tired of this. It doesn't matter if they're young dad or, or older dad. Dads never get tired of children, whether adult or young, that listen. In fact, Proverbs 23, verse 22 tells us, listen to your father who gave you life. Regardless of your age or regardless what you think of him, you can give him this gift. You can, you can listen. Um, what does it say to somebody when you ask for their advice? It shows you value them. It shows that you care. It shows um, that you, you genuinely have a desire to hear from them. And for dads, this is huge. It's, it's so much to their validation. It goes so far into the, the, them feeling treasured. Listen to them. Um, when my oldest son was about three or four years old, he was sitting in a car seat beside me. Uh, and we're in the truck, and we're riding. And he asks me a question. I think it was about a tricycle, um, about how they work or something. And, and I started talking about it. And and he started telling me, basically, that I wasn't right, and he had some things that he wanted to tell me. And he's four, and I'm looking at him, and I'm realizing within about a half mile of driving that I am arguing with my four-year-old about a tricycle. And finally, I just said, I looked at him, and I went, hey, I said, do you think you know more than me? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> okay, just checking, you know. Um, but once you're on your own, you don't have to follow your dad's advice. But just know that it's huge for your dad when you ask and when you listen. Um, when you call and say, Dad, hey, I've got this idea that I, I want to bounce off of you, it, it shows him honor, and he feels valued because of it. And it goes so much deeper into his life and into his heart and the way he feels treasured than you could ever imagine. When you simply, when you simply listen, you, you can even disagree with him without being disagreeable. Did you know that? You, you, once you're on your own, you don't have to agree with everything, but the fact that you took the time to consider him it speaks volumes, and it's far better than the disrespect of treating him as if he's insignificant by not valuing his opinions. Teenagers have a real struggle with this one sometimes. I, I, think, I think it's normal. Um, my teen thinks I'm old and that I don't know anything. I think he thinks that I just was born as an adult and have no idea what he's, what, what he's going through. Um, but I've got good kids. They, they listen um, sometimes, right? But whether you're still living at home or uh, whether, you know, you're out of the house or you're, uh, you're an adult or you're a child, dad just wants to know that you care enough about his advice to listen. And that's, that's one of the things you can do. It's honoring to him to listen. 
So obey your dad while you're living in his home. Love him even when he's not handling things the best way. Find ways to show him that you love him. Listen to him even when and if you don't plan to follow his advice. And if you've been sitting here squirming uh, and struggling with any of those, uh, if I can just get real for a minute, it, it might be necessary for you to do the next thing, and that's forgive your dad. I know sometimes we have dads who've hurt us. We've had dads that do things as kids and as adults um, that just hurt. Did you know that the same dad that you thought was invincible when you were a kid, it turns out that he's human? He's a human being. Sometimes your dad knocked it out of the park, and sometimes your dad didn't give you what you needed. And some, some of you, it was a little bit, and for some of you, it was an awful lot. Regardless of the reasons, your dad hasn't always come through for you when you needed him to, and it hurt. Some of you are still hurting, and that's a fact. There was a statistic done years ago that talked about hurts that we carry around as adults, and, and a large percentage um, of those hurts and people that hurt, uh, the hurt came from the father. The, the dad has that influence in our lives when we're kids, even if he's not there. We, we carry around hurts, even the hurt of an absentee dad, and it's significant. It hurts. It stings. It, it goes deep. But did you know that forgiving your dad when he messes up ultimately is to your benefit? It is. Bitterness, is, it's the most self-destructive thing on the face of the planet. Not only does it, 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 it wreak havoc in your life, but in every single relationship that you have, bitterness has a tentacle that goes out into every single area. And it, it'll affect it. And so you have this unresolved hurt and anger, and it becomes bitterness. And it's like a cancer that eats you alive and ultimately damages every other relationship in your life. Um, but who's the one hurt by not forgiving parents? It's the kids. It's the child, it's you, it's me. In fact, Solomon in the Bible, he said that there's this huge price for harboring bitterness and, and unresolved uh, anger in your life towards a parent. In Proverbs 20, 20, it says this, if someone curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. And he's talking in part here about the favor of God being removed from your life and taken away, um, not because of God, because God, he desires to give favor. He desires to hold you up and to, and to push you forward in life and in blessing. In fact, he, he wanted it so much, he sent his one and only son to die for that very reason. Um, but it's because of our own unwillingness to be a person that can hold his favor, that can hold his blessings. Uh, if you think about a broken cup, it can't hold water. Just like that, uh, somebody who's filled with unforgiveness can't hold the favor of God. And so if, if you want to be a, a healthy person, if you want to grow yourself, you can give your dad the gift that you need yourself, and that's forgiveness. Now, does that mean you honor his failures? Nope, it doesn't. But what it does mean, it means that you humanize him. It means you unhero him, <laughs> and in the process, you unpressurize him, and you begin to understand exactly what the Bible says in Romans 3.23. We've all heard this verse. It says that everyone has sinned. Everyone, every single person has fallen short of God's glorious standard. And we can look at that and we can say, well, you know, there's, there's a little bit of mess up and there's a lot of mess up. There's, there's, there's this particular brand of messing up that we can kind of live through. And then there's this that I, maybe I'm going through that nobody understands. It's a whole lot worse. Let me tell you something. This scripture doesn't talk about variations of sin or variations of falling short. It says that no matter what happens, you've all fallen short. I've all, I've fallen short. We all have fallen short of God's standard, which is perfection. 
Every one of us. He, he never gives a, a varying degree of it. He says we're all unworthy of heaven. We're all unworthy of him. But because of Jesus Christ, we're all worthy of him. And when you forgive, you don't do it based on your own willpower. You do it based upon the example that we have. And that is how Christ forgave us. Fully, wholly, completely. What I'm saying is give your dad the same measure of grace that maybe you hope and pray that your kids will give you. There's a story about a man named Greg Cruel, and Greg was a sharp guy. He was an army chaplain at West Point, and this is a big deal, and uh, Greg wasn't close to his dad. In fact, he didn't have anything to do with him because his dad abandoned their family uh, whenever he was young. In fact, Greg's kids don't even know their grandpa because of it. Um, just has absolutely nothing to do with his dad. And a pastor friend was visiting him one day around Father's Day, and um, his friend began to ask a really bold question to him. He said, what are you doing to honor your dad this Father's Day? And it was not even a, a thought. He said, nothing. <laughs> he said, my dad did this and that, and, and I, I'm not doing anything. And he was polite, uh, but Greg didn't want to hear what his friend had to say, really. He, you know, he, based on what had happened, he was done. He and his friend asked him, he said, how old are your kids? And he said, they're teenagers. He said, you do know that they're taking cues from you, and you do know that they are looking to see how you honor your dad, and they are looking to see, and they're taking cues upon how they're going to learn to honor you. And he had never thought of it like that, and the light went off, and he said, I'm going to call him today. And that day, he began a process of communicating with his dad. And, and maybe you're in a place where you need to forgive Maybe you're in a place where there's hurt there. You just need to remember there is so much more to gain than to lose when it comes to forgiving. Maybe your dad's not around for you to forgive him. Maybe you don't know who he is. I don't know. But forgiveness happens in here, and it always starts with you and God. And forgiveness is for you. So if you need to forgive your dad, forgive him. So what have we talked about? Obey him while you're still in his home. Love your dad. Find ways to, to love him. Listen to him. And if you need to forgive him, forgive him. Last one, honor him. Honor him. Now, that sounds normal, sounds pretty plain, but this is what I want you to think about as you do this. I want you to think that your, your dad didn't just give you life, but there's a family heritage that's involved that he gave you as well. So you're not just honoring your dad, you're honoring the family name. And sometimes we, we forget about that. Sometimes we, we, it's hard to even grasp that until we're older. Uh, but you start to see life as a continuum of generations, that you are actually carrying on a family name um, from one generation to the next, each generation affecting the next. So does your life, do your choices honor your family name? I remember working for my dad as a teenager and uh, for his company. And my dad, he had a work ethic and still does like, like nobody else. I mean it. Nobody can rival him in that regard. And that's in all seriousness. Um, not only that, but he treats people like family. Everybody loves my dad. And, and so when I would work for him and I'd go to all these different businesses, I ran a service route for him. Um, I would notice two things when, when I walked in with all my stuff. One, they would look at me and they'd say, you must be Rick Barbados' son. You look just like him. And I'd grin, and they'd laugh, and, you know, this and that. Uh, but the second, I noticed that they gave me the same favor and respect that they gave my dad. 
And so I've noticed that I was kind of walking into this life that he kind of laid out, and they expected that I was going to be like my dad. When they saw me, there was an unwritten expectation to kind of carry out uh, the name like, like he had, do the job right, go over and above to make sure that things are, are going good, treat people like, like family. And it was nice. People were always polite to me. Uh, they were always nice. They always gave me favor because of my dad. And uh, one particular customer was on the base. Was a, one of the service routes that we had was, was the base at Seymour Johnson. And uh, this particular place was the movie theater on base. And during the day, nobody was there. So I always had to go get a key and then go in and, and do the job and, and leave. I went once a month. Um, and the thing was, I accidentally left the door unlocked in the back of the movie theater. And I did it more than once. <laughs> and... Um, Security forces in the middle of the night, when they get bored, they check doors, so I heard. And if doors are unlocked, they call whoever needs to be called, and they come out and have to lock the door. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. So the manager, obviously, after a couple times of doing that, it got old. Um, and he got a hold of me and wasn't too happy. And the problem was is that I tried to deny it and get out of it and weasel my, well, I don't know if it was me. I don't remember doing that. And I knew I did it. I forgot, but I, I didn't own up to it. And I, I never forget, I'll never forget one of the things that he said to me. He said this, he said, when you come and you work in our facilities, we expect the same kind of service that we get from your dad. And it went into me like lightning. And I began to realize that I wasn't just making myself look bad. I was reflecting poorly on my dad's name. There's this Bible verse in Proverbs 22, 1. It says this. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. It's to be esteemed better than silver or gold. In fact, when we look at God's very name in the Bible, it's not just about what we call him. It's not just about certain letters that are arranged a certain way for us to be able to speak his name. It actually has to do with and relates directly to his authority. His name relates directly to his reputation. And so your name, it means something. It, it does. Your family name means something, and you honor your dad when you do well by the family name. This is especially true when the family name is Jesus. Nothing gives a Christian dad more honor than when his children, his sons, or his daughters, when they serve God. Nothing. Listen, you, you either continue the generational blessing of God, or you can end it simply by the choices that you make. That's important. And I wonder if today you'd be bold enough to choose Jesus. That's, if that's your family name, maybe you need to come back to him because it's your family heritage. And I understand that your family heritage might not be that. It might not be that at all. I, I grew up in a Christian home, but my dad didn't. And he actually grew up in a non-Christian home in upstate New York. Parents divorced when he was young. Divorce was typical for many uh, people in the family, in his family. And th there was love in the family. But there wasn't the love of Jesus Christ. There wasn't the love of God being shown. And so it led to a lot of heartache. And, um, you know, they, they weren't religious by any means, but he went to Catholic Mass sometimes, um, but was never shown or taught how to give and have a, a real life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know what it meant. And when he was 19 years old, you've heard some of my dad's story before. He joined the Air Force. He got stationed here at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Um, somebody invited him to church. I think his first question was, are there going to be girls there? And said, yeah, so he went. <laughs> that was his whole reason for going to church. Um, and it was there he made a decision that changed the rest of his life. He gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. 
And he said, I'm going to be different. He said, I'm going to do something different, something that maybe somebody, anybody in my family had ever done. He, he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to do that. And so he decided to live for Jesus Christ and to spend the rest of his life trying to figure out what that meant as he pursued God. Uh, later, he married my mom, a local Southern belle, born and bred right here in North Carolina. And, and interestingly enough, man, they had so many up and downs because of the different family dynamics that they came from. Um, but he was determined to stay. He was determined to break that. He was determined to do something different, not be led by his feelings. He was determined to start a new thing for his family. And I know my mom had a lot to do with that too, but it's Father's Day, so I'm going to emphasize my dad. He decided that he wanted his name to be synonymous with Jesus. He decided that that was the family heritage that he wanted to have. That's what the family name needed to be. And because of that... Me, my two brothers, my sister, um, we're all Christians. We're all, we all love the Lord. Because of that, this month, my mom and dad celebrated 41 years of marriage. That's big. It didn't happen without God's name being in the middle of it all. Two of my siblings, my, myself and another one, we, we in full-time ministry. My other two siblings are serving in their local churches. But more than that, we, we love God. We want to know him more. Because of that, we, we have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, and I want to tell you something else, too. And I'm proud of this. My brothers and my sister and myself, we are the best of friends. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this very pridefully because I'm very proud of it. People are jealous sometimes when they see us. <laughs> I mean, we're goofy as all get out. Don't get me wrong. They're probably not jealous of that. <laughs> but... But they're jealous when they look at us sometimes. Some people, because, man, I wish my siblings and I were that close. I have people that are in their 60s and 70s and look at us and go, man, I wish we were that close. And I look at my boys now, and I'm, I'm looking, they're fighting sometimes. You know, there's, there's three of them. In the, and I tell them, I'm like, listen, you, you got to put each other first. But more than that, put Jesus first, because later you're going to be the best of friends. If you have Jesus first, and I know that's the reason why we're so close that we are, because we have Jesus in the middle. We have Jesus in our own individual lives, and it causes us to relate to each other differently. And, and I look at my dad, and I'm like, this decision that you made so many years ago, I, that's the whole reason why we're here. And my point is, is you may not have a family name that you feel like you can carry on in a godly way, but you can start one now. Dads, you can start one right now, not only for you, not only for your kids, but generations after after that, my dad started out just simply trying to change his own life, simply trying to do something for him. And now 41 years later, he's got grandkids that love God too. There's something to say about that. It's a choice you can make. It's a choice that you can start even today. Honor your dad, but maybe you need to start today by honoring your heavenly father. Maybe you need to come back to him. This, this is how I want to close the service today, if you'd be, if you'd be willing to do it. Um, dad's in the room. We, we don't do this a lot around here, but I'd, I would love for us to do it this way. If I could have all the dads maybe just stand up and come down to the front, and we, let's just pray together. If you'd be bold enough to do that, and, and what you're saying is, you're saying that I, I, I want to follow the God. I, I want to do this right. Maybe you're coming today to say, I want to start a new family name. Maybe you're coming today to say, I, I, I don't have a family name that's maybe worth worth honoring in a godly way. But I, I want to start something today. And can I have everybody else just stand up? There's a lot of moms out there. There's kids out there.
Maybe some guys out there that are, don't have kids, but maybe you're, a, maybe you're a dad to somebody. Maybe you have influence. So let me just open it up to you. If you have influence in the life of a child uh, in a way that's, that's like a dad, maybe you're a spiritual father, please come down. And let's just pray together. Can we all, and maybe we do this sometimes, everybody in the room, can you just stretch your hand out towards dads? And all you're saying is, I'm, I'm praying for the dads in the room. That's all you're saying. Let's pray together. God, we, we thank you for all these fathers here. Lord, our, we want our example to be you. We want our example to be the life that you gave. We want the forgiveness that you gave us, Lord, to pour out in us and to other people. God, all these ways we've talked about that people can honor dads. Lord, I, there's some men in the, in the front right now that they, they want to be honorable. They, they want to feel, this is the way dads work. It's the way men work. We, we, we don't just want honor. We want to feel like we're worthy of it. And I know there's some dads up here right now that, that they may feel like they've, they've been identified by more of their mistakes than they have, uh, than they're good. But I, I just pray that that's a lie in Jesus' name. Because if we identify with you, Jesus, then you're perfect. And that means we're worthy of you. And I, I just know that there's some guys right here that are willing to say, I want to be honorable. So, Lord, I, I just pray right now, whatever areas in their lives that they need to step up, I just pray right now, and I believe, Holy Spirit, that you're showing them what it is. I, I pray, God, that you set boundaries in their life. Lord, I, I pray that you would help them to look at their spouses the way they need to look at them, whether they still live in the same home or whether they don't. I, I pray that, that maybe for some of them, the, the mother of their children is, or is somewhere else, that they would honor her, not because they deserve it, but because you honor us when we don't deserve it. I pray for the example that they're setting. I pray it would always be at the forefront of their minds. Lord, when they walk this earth, when they go to their job, when they sit down at the dinner table, Lord, that they begin to have a clear picture that there are people watching them, that there are people that are looking at them, whether their kids are young or whether their kids are adults. They have influence. And that can be overwhelming because we think, how in the world are we going to do it? We're failures at best. But I pray there would be just a, a surge of energy and a surge of hope knowing that we are following a God who is perfect. And while we may not be, Lord, you're always going to lead us. You're always going to make us look better than we are in a way that causes us to be godly men. That in spite of our mistakes, that in spite of all the things that we do that maybe don't match up, we have a heart that's wanting to follow you. And we trust you to fill in all the gaps so that as our kids age, even as our adult kids get older than they are, that we begin to do just like the Bible says and turn into the very image of Jesus Christ because of what they see happening in our lives. Lord, above all, I pray you'd break down hurts. I pray that you'd break down strongholds. Knowing that the, the cracks in our character as men relates directly to the cracks in the foundation of the people that are following us. Show us how to follow you. Show us how to keep following you. When it gets hard, show us how to keep following you. Not be perfect, but to keep following you. And we just believe, God, that you're going to do a mighty work in our lives and for the people that are following. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Can we say amen together? Amen. Can we honor some dads in the house today? Thanks, guys.